Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg, the Prophet P. Italian, and I recap week 14 of the Major League Baseball season. We go through all our usual business, the hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, and we also give a trade deadline preview as July 31st is the non-waiver trade deadline. We go through a couple players we think are going to get moved and theorize where they might get moved to. A lot of fun to record. Would love to hear your thoughts. Make sure to leave a comment. Go find us on iTunes and leave a review. Five stars only. We're also on Stitcher and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts. So go find us and hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Thunderblogsports.com, of course, is where you can find all of our great blog posts. But enjoy this week's episode. Let us know what you think. And enjoy. We are live. Welcome to this week's edition of the Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, and joining me, as always, my man, straight out of Beantown, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Living the dream, Jordy. Uh, got to go to Fenway on Friday. Um... Had to fix my hockey skates on Saturday. You know, one what day. Change the blades? Nah, the uh, lost like three rivets over the weekend, so it's not good. But last week, so I had to replace them. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. No big deal. Yeah. Now you know, pumped yeah, you know. To be in the pod, obviously. Um, pumped for the number one team in all of baseball record-wise. Uh, going up against the first place Philadelphia Phillies in a two game Phils, baby. series at the glorious Fenway Park. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're recording this literally within minutes of the game starting. So we're going to try to preview it, and you can laugh at how wrong Greg is and how right I am because Aaron Nola is going to mow down the Red Sox, but we'll get there. We'll Listen, get there. You don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's a good point. You were a big fan of Aaron Nola the last time we were on. And for those that have not listened, it's been two weeks about since we recorded. This is the first one since the All-Star break finished. Uh, we wanted to kind of give a little bit of time so we could build into our hot and cold teams and all the top players and all that good stuff. Slash, I was also on vacation last week in Michigan. So I was uh, in a little more of a remote area internet wise, which is nice. Nice to unplug, recharge, see the fam, all that good stuff. But I'm super pumped for the second half. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The, tri- the non-waiver deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday, when you're probably listening to this. So hopefully we have a, a nice, busy trade deadline. Obviously, last year we saw a little bit more action in August for the waivers. So we'll see. We'll see how tomorrow goes. But Yeah, quick, quick question. Who do the Phillies sign? Well, I was going to save that for when we do a little bit later. But, oh, we um, can save it. No, we can save it. We can save yeah. it. We'll save it. Yeah, they're a little, little teaser right there. You want to start, though, hot and cold teams? Jordy, let's save it. Yeah, we'll save it. Hot and cold teams. Let's uh, let's roll right into there. Let's start in the American League. American League, it's... hot team, obviously. Uh, no, That's pretty no, obvious. No question about it. The Boston Red Sox, uh, 41 games. Yes, I said that correctly. 41 games 
above 500. That's uh, 41 games above 500. Unreal. Unreal. The, the last time they did that was 1941, I think, or 43, something like that, when they won the American League pennant. So uh, big signs there. But, Does that make you wish, because back then it was just who won in the regular season, does that just make you wish that it was still that, that you just got it because, you were, because you're that high up and you no. don't want to pull a, a Cleveland Indians last year? No, because at the same time, you know, if that was the case, 04 never happens, you know, 07 never happens. So that's true. Definitely want – it's all about the playoffs, right? Because if that were the case – the Patriots would win every single Super Bowl every year. And not that they don't do that, do that already, but it would be a little more fair for the rest Didn't of the league. Didn't last year. It would be a little more fair for the rest of the league. And, you know, you never know. So yeah. I think it's – I think playoffs are there for a reason. I'm pumped for it. And, and injuries happen throughout the year. Uh, look at the – well, we can talk about the team that will bet. And it remains not to be mentioned, but hot team of the week for me, Boston Red Sox. Uh, this past week took three out of the four from the Twins. Was on pace to take two out of three from the Angels, but it got postponed halfway through. They were up like six to nothing after four innings, and they called it. Um, Red Sox were pissed about that. Yeah, I would be too if I was them. I mean that that's rough, and it's it's one of those things where why don't they just suspend it? Especially if you're you know you're up that big anyway. I know the there's all the official game stuff and and all that, but just a bummer to see. But yeah, know, nonetheless, I mean you're smacking teams coming off of the three out of four from the twins that you were just talking about um, and about to face the Phillies. But I mean, look at some of these scores. You only lost two, one on Thursday and then the four, three, 10, four, just really, really pushing it, pushing it on the twins and you forced them to make some trades. I mean, you probably cemented them into uh seller status. I mean, there are, there are eight games under 500 now, but, you know, the, the Red Sox helping other teams decide what to do. So a little bit of an influencer, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they, like you mentioned, scoring a ton of runs. And it, baseball is fun to watch when, when your team's scoring. Uh, pitching duels are fun. I was at the game Friday when there was a little pitching duel and Kimbrell blew it in the ninth, their closer. But, uh, you know, other than that, Offense is fun, but also seeing a strong pitching performance is, is always fun. That was a Chris Sale start, so you don't get. To, I didn't get. To, haven't really gotten to see, seen him too much. So excited I got to see that in person. But uh, listen, Jordy, I don't know what else to say about this team that we haven't been saying all year. The biggest negative I think is their bullpen, but uh, you know, hopefully there's some moves made tomorrow for that. Again, more to talk about later, but. Tearing the cover off the ball is, is certainly fun, certainly fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to keep moving, though, and I'm going to take my hot team of the week, and it's real slim pickings in the American League. Um, so I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians, who have won six out of their last ten um, and have really, you know, they beat the teams that are on their schedule. Their only series loss um, in really since the All-Star break ended is to the Pirates, who are red hot, and I'm sure we'll get to them in a second. But they just took care of business against the Tigers over the weekend, took care of business against the Rangers uh, right after the deadline ended last week and really smacked them around. Uh, so, I mean, we're starting to see them really – we mentioned the Twins, but we're starting to see them really pull away in that division. They have the largest lead in the American League and in Major League Baseball as a whole at nine games over the Twins. 
And we're probably going to see this slowly but surely increase. They're plus 94 in the run differential. Their offense is getting better and better really by the week. And now they are just behind the Yankees for the second best offense in the AL. I hope this is um, an honorable mention because the hot team of the week is clearly the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. I'm just – I we – for those that are new to the show, we both pick one team. So the, the Red Sox are far and away the best, but since you took them, I have to take something else, Greg. Yeah. I have to explain well, it. It's like a it's almost like for those that listen to Pardon My Take, they do the snake draft. You already took them. I can't pick them. <laughs> Except we just do one. We don't no, keep snake. No free ads here. No free ads. But no, I, probably, I, if you I, listen to them, you probably or to us, you probably have listened to them. The Indians, uh, definitely a good team. Thing that they need to certainly improve upon is winning on the road. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Five hundred there, but so are the Twins. And you know, the AL Central is nowhere near what it used to be, and uh, certainly not as dominant as it was. It's funny how you know when the Royals were good, every team in that division was good, and now you know none of them are good, and they only have one good team. And it's just funny how it's, it's cyclical like that. Uh, yeah. So interesting, but. You know, it is what it is, and definitely a team to going to be in the playoff picture and definitely a team that's going to be in the playoffs. So it's just a matter of uh, can Minnesota make a move or will they be sellers? And if they are buyers of the deadline, can they actually make a push and come back? Or will the Indians go on another uh, another run like they did last year at the end of August, September, uh, and win however many in a row they won like last year? Yeah, I, I don't know if they get up to that in terms of the winning streak, but I mean, they're the Indians have already really been buying. We'd be uh, remiss to not point out that they've already gone out and gotten Brad Hand from the San Diego Padres, who we have a little bit to talk about them uh, later on. But Hand has already shown to be a jack of all trades. He has both a save and a hold in four appearances since getting acquired. Um, so, I mean, really they're, they're starting to load up and, and like you mentioned, bullpen is the, the name of the game and they have a pretty stellar bullpen already and just adding more to it is definitely something that'll help you out. Um, and especially when, uh, it prevents teams like the Red Sox from adding a big asset like Brad hand. Yeah. Much needed bullpen guy. Uh, definitely needed that, but you never know. Um, you know, I think, as you mentioned, Cleveland making some good moves. I still think, uh, you know, well, we'll get into who I think is the sleeper on the market that people should target. But oh, sure. There. Let's move on, Jordy. Are we doing cold teams for the American League? Uh, yeah, let's do cold teams, right. and then we'll move over to the National League. Since I went first last time, you can go first this time. Yeah, so my cold team is going to be, really got a lot to choose from here but i'm gonna go with the minnesota twins we just talked about them losing three out of four to the red Sox, and really uh cementing themselves out of that picture i mentioned that they've been selling a little bit um making some some moves to a couple other teams trying to get some uh you know, trying to get some assets back. They just tra- traded earlier this afternoon. Uh, Zach Duke, one of their relievers, to the Mariners. They got a couple prospects, minor leaguers, Chris DeYoung and Ryan Costello from the Mariners back. And, I mean, they got swept by the Royals on the road. They're they're pretty abysmal there. Um, 
I mean, they, they looked like they were going to be in this wild card chase just like last year and just a, a lot of shortcomings for them. Their pitching staff really, really has turned has a, you know, turned a, uh, the wrong corner, if you will. Their offense has been okay, but not great at, at uh, 468 runs scored. You mentioned their road record. They're 15 games under 500 at 19 and 34 uh, and are currently eight games under 500. Uh, losers of their of six of their last ten ball games, so really not in a good position if you're the Minnesota Twins. No, certainly not. And something that uh, you know I think gets overlooked a little bit is uh, they have some guys in their team that are playing really well this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, outfielder Rosario, Rosario, uh, Eddie Rosario, yep. you know, having an unbelievable season. So. They have some guys who are doing well, and they they individually, um, offensively, I should say, um, and they have a lot of young talent. They're going to be good for a little bit if they can if they stop trying away these guys. But um, and it sounds like they're loading up a little bit. It sounds like they are trading away and loading up even more young guys. So, but as you mentioned, you can't win in the in especially the American League without starting pitching. Um, no, you know, and if anyone's proving that to be true, it's the Phillies. You know, look at them last year compared to this year, last year, I mean, the Mets, you know, the Mets, when they're starting pitching was doing really well, you know, they were going to the world series and playoffs every year. And, you know, ever since they've been hurt or doing bad, they're now at the bottom of the barrel. So, yeah. you know, one thing at a time, but uh, my cold team of the week, Jordy, the Houston Astros. Okay. Uh, they also just added a uh, Robert Azuna, uh, yeah, from the Blue Jays. From the Blue Jays. Uh, for Ken Giles, former Philly, who was traded from them a couple years ago. And I believe uh, the Phillies got Vince Velasquez for him. But I think Azuna's still suspended. So I, yeah, I, he is. He's still suspended. I saw today. He might not even – he may not play a game for him if this – so for those that don't know, Roberto Azuna has been suspended for a domestic, vi- uh, domestic violence um, issue. And yeah, there's still a pending court case. I believe, and I think if it gets dragged on, he might the suspension might just stick, and he might not get to play for him. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So, Houston's on a four-game uh, losing streak right now, including including being swept by uh, the Texas Rangers in the battle for Texas. Um, the only thing that's saving them, Houston, is the fact that Seattle also has hit a little bit of spud uh, since the break. So. You know, it helps Houston retaining, re, you know, re, ha, still uh, hanging on to first place there. The fact they're able to to stumble a little bit, but um, you know, there are two games, or sorry, two, I guess, runs in the plus in the differential. They uh, plus one seventy nine, Red Sox plus one seventy seven. So they still have that title as for now. Um, the thing that is the scariest about the Houston Astros is their ability to win on the road. The fact that they're a team that almost plays better away from Minute Maid Park last year, uh, especially in the playoffs, the Red Sox lost both games at Fenway and then won uh, down in Houston or did better in Houston. So, you know, the, if they can clean up their home ballpark a little bit, you know, I don't foresee them. It's going to be a tough out. For anybody who faces them, especially since uh, they're so good on the road. 
Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's a really good pick. I was kind of hoping you'd take them. I wanted to mention the twins making some trades, but definitely have to always keep the Astros, the defending champs in, in mind. Uh, and, and the A's too, losers of uh, three straight. So good honorable mention there, uh, but they're still right in there. They've made trades as well. Um, and I have a, a little bit of news for them a little bit later, kind of on the same note as the San Diego Padres, but let's move on to the national league. Hot team, I will start, and I'm going with the Colorado Rockies. Nice. The winners of four straight, eight of their last ten games. They just swept the the Oakland Athletics, split with the Astros last week, and then took three, uh, two or three from the Diamondbacks, including a wild 11-10 game. The Colorado Rockies, though, Greg, right back into the NL West chase. There were talks that these guys might be selling, and I don't think they're going to be doing that now. And if they are, it's it's going to be because they start off really shitty in August. Um, they're now ten games above five hundred. They have a better record technically than, or no, they're a half game back than the Phillies. Um, saw the same number in the loss column and, and thought they might have the better record, but they, uh, you know, we've talked about it all year for them. Their offense is stellar. They have five hundred runs, which. Not a lot of teams in the NL have done. A number of teams in the AL have, including your Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Cleveland Indians, the A's, and the Astros. But only the Cubs and the Dodgers have eclipsed the 500-run mark in the National League. So the Rockies right there. But on the flip side, the Rockies have also let up over 500 runs, which the only teams that have also done that are the Marlins, the Padres, both of both teams pretty much purposefully trying to lose and the Cincinnati Reds who've had a great past who've had a great month of July, but still we've mentioned their pitching staff and how bad it's been a little more on that. When we talk about the fills uh, and their, their escapades in Cincinnati last weekend, but the, the, uh, the Phillies anyway, yeah, well, you know, the, the Rockies are, are right there. And I mean, we've been talking about it a lot. They're also very good on the road. 30 and 23. And I think that's been a lot of their, their turnaround. Um, so we'll see how they do what they do with tomorrow and going into August. But the fact that they're right there behind a diamondbacks team, who's loaded up a Dodgers team, who's very much so loaded up and getting Machado. Um, the Rockies, you know, are, are hanging in there and it's great to see. Yeah, no great pick. And certainly, certainly the choice this week for the, for the national league hot team of the week. I'm going to go with a bottom-of-the-barrel team. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, and I'm not trolling you. Um, but No, they're, they've had an awesome July. I'm not, yeah, even, they, I'm not even thinking won, about that. They won five of their last seven, yep. uh, including two out of three from the Cardinals and, and three out of four from the Phillies. So they certainly are a team that, you know, it's almost one of those things when you have nothing to play for, you have nothing to yep. lose, you might as well go out and have some fun. And when teams do that, they seem to do better. And yeah. And you could point to the Red Sox in 04 when they went out and had fun, you know, they played well and they won games, right? And and you could argue the Phillies when, when they won, same thing. And the Astros last year, they just looked like they were having fun at all times. And, you know, when the when the pressure's off and you're having fun doing what you're doing, you know, wins seem to just happen and balls seem to find you in the outfield and all that stuff. And I think that's what happened a lot this weekend uh, or in the last five seven games for them. Like I said, winners of five out of seven. So, and they beat... Uh, the Cardinals and the Phillies, who are both very much in the playoff mix. Um, the Cardinals have a little longer road, but they're still in it. So 
Tougher think up. about this too. They've only lost two series in July. They got swept by the by the Pirates coming out of the All Star break. But in July, they took two of three from, or really split a series, two of two of uh, four with the Brewers. But the last game was in the month of July. Two of three from the White Sox. Lost a series to the Cubs. Lost two of three. Took two of three against the Indians in Cleveland, and then two of three again to the Cardinals in St. Louis. Uh, we've talked about Matt Harvey a lot. He's had an awesome, awesome uh, resurgence, if you will, with the Reds, and he might be a guy that's on the move. Uh, so they definitely have had an awesome month. And really, if you're the if you're the Phils, you just caught a uh, a team that's on the that's you know playing with nothing to lose at the wrong time, and you can be bummed about that, which. You should be, but at the same time, you know, other teams have been slowing down as well. And, and, uh, you know, good for the Reds. It's kind of like that guy at the British Open that was hung over on the, uh, going into Sunday and still shot five under and posted the, uh, the low, the low card in the clubhouse before Francesco Molinari went off. But, uh, this is not a golf podcast. It's a baseball podcast. So let's move on. Um, cold team of the week. Greg, I'll let you start since I went first in the AL. Who do you got? You know, me wanted to say the Philadelphia Phillies just to troll you, uh, but I'm not going to. I will resist. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with the team that's been sputtering ever since the All-Star break, and that's been the Washington Nationals. Um, oh, yeah. And playing 500 baseball and losing to the Miami Marlins or splitting with Miami Marlins in a series – and to be fair, if you're against teams that are uh, in the playoffs, and then the team, sorry, uh, Six games back now in the in the NL East, and even even for in the, in the, in the they should trade them now so they don't lose them later. But uh, <laughs> if they can get a hit, if they can if they can convince someone to do it, it might it might not actually be that bad of an idea. Um, so my cold team would definitely be the Nationals, and and of course um, you know their their superstar trade Turner uh, just had some tweets come out and. You know, that's another question I wanted to ask you um, because we had the guy, the Braves pitcher and Trey Turner both have tweets going on and, and what have you. You would think at this day and age, correct me if I'm wrong, but you would think at this day and age every team uh, would go th- would, ha- would have like an intern, especially in the summer, or have someone or maybe Major League Baseball. We could talk to Stevie G since he works for them. Just have someone go through every single player's tweets, you know, who's, who's going to be in the Major Leagues and get rid of anything offensive, whatever, so that you don't create a PR problem for the, not only yourself, but the entire league. No, I totally, because already baseball has a, I don't want to say a racial problem, but a big thing is the fact that, you know, people talk about it's, you know, yes, there's a lot of international players, but it's still, you know, still pretty predominant in terms of all the managers are white, all the GMs are white. And, um, you know, there's what the percentage of black players is down from what it's been in, in years past. And 
you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of Latina players, but there's not a lot of Asian players and, and not a lot of black players. So a, a league that certainly has some race issues, uh, maybe not to the scale of other sports, but just wanted to get your thought on, on why more teams or players don't have someone going through their old tweets for them. No, I totally agree with that. And just to clarify, uh, not all the managers are white. There is Dave Roberts, the guy. I said the majority. Did I uh, say the majority? All? Okay. Yeah, the, it all, it's, I think you said all the GMs, and that's what registered in my brain. But, yeah, no, it's predominantly. No, you're absolutely right. But, I mean, with the tweets, that's a really good point of why hasn't why isn't there somebody that combs through this? I mean, just like the, the infamous Chris Carter, you got to have a fall guy. Like, why aren't teams <laughs> doing this? Like, yeah, you know, don't advertise the fact like, oh, in you know, intern from whatever state, we need you to go like go do this or ha- whatever you want to do. Because uh, especially too, you saw it with Josh Hader two weeks ago during the All Star game where these popped up. You'd think if you did something like that, if you're Trey Turner, if you're Sean Newcomb, the guy that's throwing a no hitter yesterday, and and the internet who always wins manages to. Ruin your no hitter before the no hitter got ruined. Yeah, Newcomb's the mess, which makes us look even more bad, or New England, or something. Yeah, Ooh. but uh, <laughs> no, but that's just the thing is like, you know, how as a team, you know, every team has a social media team, right? Every yeah. organization I should say has a social media team. So how do they not turn around and and go through players' tweets, or how does Major League Baseball not talk to players? I mean, these guys are even even the guys who are making minor league salary, which is still six figures. How do they not turn around and hire someone? Here's here's you know a thousand bucks for two days work. Go through all my tweets and delete anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Especially when you saw it happen to Hater three weeks ago. Yeah, two or, weeks ago. You know, how many other players has it happened to besides Hater in Major League? You know, it's just yeah. you know, it's been happening all over the place. And I understand that people can go back and screenshot, and maybe they have deleted it after the Hater thing, and maybe people screenshotted it then, but. You know, it's just one of those things where, I mean, these kids, what, were 19 and 18 when a couple years after we were 19 and 18? And I'm sorry, but that's not an excuse. When I was 19. Yeah, I was about to say, that's still, you shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. Yeah, when I was 19 and 18 years old, I was was smart enough to know not to tweet dumb stuff. And I was also smart enough not to tweet stupid song lyrics or or anything that that would be whatever. And, uh, I mean, you know, you would think that, I don't know. Maybe maybe you and I are special, but I just you you can't blame the whole nineteen young excuse because no. And 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 quite frankly, Jordy, I'm always someone. I'm always someone who you know normally sides with the player on things like this in terms of you know how can you vilify someone for something they said x amount of years ago and and you know whatever. But at the same time, something where a specific, like a tweet or even a status on Facebook or something that you know is out there it's you have to imagine someone's going to find it eventually so uh, oh yeah a million percent agree it has to go into everything you said sorry i didn't mean to go on a tangent didn't mean to get us off the rails who's your cold team of the week jordy unless you have something else to add about the uh tweet thing no so uh, all i wanted to i totally agree there the fact that there isn't for anybody whether it's baseball hockey basketball football golf whatever that figures this out for you like you said you could pay some you could pay an 18 year old thousand dollars go through my go through my internet or my anything on the internet really about me make sure i didn't say any dumb shit if you did delete it right and boom 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 um done 
Yeah, done. And uh, you're absolutely right. No excuse for any of that because you shouldn't be saying dumb shit on the internet. Uh, but just quickly, one last thing, because you mentioned Harper and the potential of trading. I totally agree. If you can get a good deal to try to trade him, we talked about this a lot with Joey Votto and, and how the Reds haven't been able to deal him because their asking price is so high. That's the only reason why I think he might not get moved. But if you really don't think he's coming back, get something for him. Figure something out. Go Call up the Yankees. Call up who, whoever you think will be, will be listening for it. I don't know necessarily like the Cubs would would be open for because they just traded for Cole Hamels. Um, you know, there's probably some other teams that might be, but yeah, I mean, does he have something. no trade? Do what? Does he have a no trade clause? That I don't know. I don't because I just oh no, I guess he signed an extension. He didn't sign. He but at the he same, isn't on his rookie contract. At the same time, if you're Bryce Harper, right? If you're Bryce Harper, you haven't had a great season. Why would you not be? Why would you not want to be traded to a team that's in the playoff hunt? That way you can turn around, prove your playoff worth, right? Yeah. Hit well down the stretch, hit well in the playoffs, prove that, which is only going to put money in your pocket. So I guess if they were to trade him, hopefully, you know, he would accept it because it's to a team that's still in the hunt. But Yeah, exactly. Get the stink of also not getting out of the first round. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing, but the Phillies could be a good option because they have a ton of young guys that they can transition and try and trade for him. And there's already an option that that they were talking about getting him for the future. So – you know, next year possibly. So there's a chance, you know, like why, you know, for a team like Philadelphia, who's in first, who, who, yeah, they have some offense, but they definitely need more offense because, oh, yeah. You know, they certainly don't hit the cover off the ball and their pitching has been there. They just don't have the offense consistently. So, you know, and he plays, and that's a little league park they have, and he'll just crush the right field wall. Like, uh, well, regardless if it's a little league park or not, Bryce Harper's numbers in Philadelphia are off the charts i need to google google up what they are but the guy murders the ball when he's there uh it's yeah. it's definitely it's also a lefties park more so that even than your quote little league park but <laughs> lefties, that's what i was saying who is the, the who, who, who remind me uh my brain's lost but who's the who's the who's the lefty that had played first base did the subway commercial right who ryan howard yeah you, mean you don't remember the the great tv movie from the office the big piece the big, <laughs> he crushed, he crushed, 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 uh, Citizens Bank Park. So it'd be, it'd be, he did, Jim Tomey did. Shout yeah. out to Jim Tomey, who got in the Hall of Fame this weekend. It'd be a smart move for the Phillies. I understand that, you know, everything can change, but, um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that, that I think could add value from him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even the Diamondbacks, but regardless, yeah. the Diamondbacks would be a great option. Yeah, I mean, the Phillies have the young guys to do it, I guess is the thing. The Red Sox need a lefty at bat, but they don't have the young guys to do it. So, to, to you know, they just don't have the prospects. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, Gabe the Babe and Cora. I feel like if Harper does get traded, it would be like Justin Verlander. It'd probably be something that the Washington Nationals work on for a couple weeks, do it during the waiver period, and figure out how to – how to make this work in the correct way. Um, I don't think they're going to turn around tomorrow and, and figure something out like that, or even do some sort of one for one type of deal, but it, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes. And do you think the nationals are still holding on hope that they're going to keep them, which is why they're, Oh, we're not going to trade you. And that way you come back. Like, that's just a dumb move, right? Like the only, the only reason why I wouldn't see them trading is because 
we've now seen this precedent of teams trading in August during the waiver period. And the Nationals are only six games out, and the Phillies aren't playing the best baseball. The Braves have seemingly gone cold, um, although they're right there in in the hunt as well for the the division. Um, The real real thing is that that their starting pitching staff is going into shambles of that people are arguing in the dugout and all that different stuff. So if they figure that out and they start winning a couple ball games here and there, maybe, but I mean, I don't know. It'll, it'll, we'll see how it all goes. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the nationals are thinking in terms of, yeah, they think I guess, they can get yeah maybe, I guess you're right. Maybe they are holding out that they're going to win. Yeah. Maybe they're holding out. They're going to, they're going to catch up, but I, you know, uh, anyway, let's move on here. Um, Jordy, do we, uh, Let's just do hot players. Let's skip the cold. Give me a hot player for the last. You want to skip my, to skip my cold team? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, you had asked before, and I had uh, I didn't answer your question. I uh, I went on more about the Nationals. I mean, I, uh, forgot, I forgot Ryan Howard's name, so it's very it's very plausible for me to forget who, who said what in the last five minutes. Yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, we got a little fired up, but I'm going to go with the San Francisco Giants, a team that was hanging around in that West Division race. And really have, have really fallen off since the All-Star break. Losers of seven of their last ten. Great now game. gone under five hundred. Uh they're they're really good at home. They're ten games above five hundred there. And and not a lot of teams can say that. Uh not even the dot not the Dodgers, not the Diamondbacks, not the not the Rockies. Uh, but they're abysmal away from home. They've only won twenty one games or twenty one and thirty two. They're minus thirty one in terms of their run differential, and they've allowed 464 home, uh, in terms of runs against, but their run scored is is pretty low. It's 433, and that was something when I was picking the Giants earlier this year, I think I picked them to finish second in the division. Uh, I was pretty pretty uh, bullish on their offense, and I know they've had some injuries and whatnot, but it's, it's definitely, it looked like they were hanging on there, and maybe they could make something happen, but now it's really, uh, it's gone the other way, so I think we're starting to see a team like them fall off. I don't know if they can really make a ton of trades because uh, I think they have either big contracts or older guys that are, are a little more talented. So I don't know if we'll necessarily see the San Francisco Giants floating around in the next couple days or in as August gets gets loaded up. But uh, they're definitely uh, falling their way out of the playoff picture. Great pick. Great Pick, Jordan. And I'm actually reading now their GM don't does not think they're out of it yet, uh, or at least a, well, a source that's you know, close. To it's, a, it's a team that we had talked about. It's a team that uh, I was never never high on. I know you were based on the moves they made in the last season, but I was never a fan, uh, especially because Pablo. You know, he's always going to have a negative uh, negative stain for me. But great pick, great uh, great choice uh, for a cold team of the week. And like as you mentioned, six and a half games back, and you know it's kind of like the national situation where they're not out of it. But the Dodgers made a ton of moves to uh, to get better. So you know, the, and the Rockies, you know, were the hot team of the week. So really, really need to make do something uh, in order to stay relevant and stay at least in the in the wild card race uh, if you can't get back to the top. No, for sure. But yeah, let's move over to the top players of the week. You want to start AL top player? Sure. Um, my hot player of the week, Jory, 
is going to be Matt Chapman, third baseman from the Oakland Athletics. Good pick. Thank you. Uh, he had 462 this week on base percentage uh, or OPS of 1.58. One, 1. Uh, nine runs, three home runs for himself, six RBIs total. Uh, great week for a team that had a good week on their own, uh, a team that, as you mentioned, is making moves to stay in the playoff race, especially the wild card race, and, you know, really fighting for that second wild card space place to play essentially the Yankees, um, you know, trying to catch up to Seattle, who is one game in the win column, but you know, one game in the win column ahead of them. So um, definitely a team that is right there and a team that scares me personally just because of their success versus the Red Sox this year. But, uh, you know, the Oakland Athletics, uh, like I said, sorry, um, <laughs> Matt Chapman, for me, is the hot player of the week. Um, Jordy? I'm going to go with Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles, who's had himself a very good week, batting 417, 10 for 24, uh, home runs, seven ribbies. Uh, this is a guy whose name has been thrown around uh, in terms of trade talks. For most of the season, he's had a pretty good year batting. Uh, not as much power as we've seen you know, over the last few years, but – He's uh, definitely having himself a good ramp up to the trade deadline. Uh, like I said, his name now, especially that Manny Machado has been moved, is really starting to float around much more towards the trade deadline. So we'll see if he does get dished either tomorrow on July 31st or in August. Uh, had himself a decent July batting 279. That home run that he had a couple days ago against the Tampa Bay Rays. This is his only homer of the month. He only had 12 ribbies, but uh, definitely a good guy to add some depth into an outfield, almost like Curtis Granderson last year for the Dodgers, a guy that traditionally you know does well hitting and has a lot of power or potential for power. Um, but yeah, at the age of, of 32, he's probably a good, uh, a good guy to add in, especially yeah. for a lot of the young teams that are competing. Could be a good presence in a, in a dugout in a clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, if you're Baltimore, there's nothing nothing to lose but to exactly. trade everyone. Um, I thought for sure you were going Mike Trout, just uh, but I obviously didn't pick him out of regency bias. But Mike Trout, honorable mention, has to be uh, three home runs, seven RBIs, four stolen bases this week. Um, no, that's a, that's also a very good pick. Last seven days, but that was I'm glad uh, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, great pick there, Jordy. Um, why don't you start with National League Player of the Week? Oh, you're giving me the layup. I'm going with Christian Yelich from the Milwaukee Brewers. 517 batting average last week. Guy had three homers, 10 RBI, a couple or really three doubles and a triple. Had a slugging percentage, Greg, of a thousand um, just under your boy, Matt Chapman's, which was a uh, 1038. But Yelich has been an awesome addition to that Milwaukee Brewers team who is still hanging on in that divisional race they have the second best record in the national league same number in the win column as the chicago cubs and you know luenzo Cain's come back these guys have started to to heat up a little bit so it's looking like that they uh they're starting to be for real and if guys like yelich and really that whole team continue to be hot and keep keep pounding away they're probably going to see themselves in the postseason hosting that wild card game or if the you know the Cubs slip up a little bit, maybe they they get that division title. Yeah, Jordy, great pick. Obviously, definitely uh, unanimous hot player of the week there. But I am actually I thought you were going to go with your boy, so I'll take him. 
Hall of, or sorry, uh, Home Run Derby participator Reese Hoskins. Uh, seven runs, five home runs, nine RBIs in the last seven days. Five home runs in seven days is a pretty good feat. Uh, just hit a double off David Price in the first inning there. But uh, Reese has to be, uh, for me, hot team of the week or hot player of the week uh, after Yelich for sure. Uh, and, and that's a great pick. I'm glad you brought up my boy. Uh, Reese making the comment, really since the home run, since the home run derby, he's – torn the cover off the ball you mentioned all the different uh you know home runs and everything he's commented that he thought the home run derby helped him in terms of getting more confidence and getting more consistent the guy's taking his batting average from 250 to now 260 after yesterday's game but it was up as high as 262 on saturday but i mean guys murdering the ball he has uh, counting it up now since the all-star break seven homers uh, and it's he's murdering it just I love it he definitely needs to emerge there uh, along with Adubel Herrera and as Drupal Cabrera the new addition to try to help out with some of that power like you were talking about Greg um, and a little breaking news in terms of trades I know it's not on hotter hotter cold players but just saw this the twins have traded Lance Lynn to the New York Yankees for First baseman Tyler Austin and pitcher Luis Luis Arijo, uh per fan creds John Hyman or Heyman, uh, and yeah, and the Yankees adding another starting pitcher, Greg. So we'll here see how first. that we'll see how that works out for him. Heard it here first. Yeah, really, you're going to be hearing it tomorrow morning, so you probably already saw it. But uh, like you, you mentioned before, starting pitching. Right? Yeah, he used to be for the Cardinals. He was on the Twins this year, having himself a decent season. Uh, and kind of to, to – like, What like, was that? He's like 6'5", six 6'4", six isn't he? He's yeah, yeah, big boy, big boy. He's pretty bad. The Red Sox just Red Sox just uh, got two runs off of him and jumped all over him. Uh, what day was that? Friday? I would need to double check if that's the game. you If you saw him pitch, then yes, it would be Friday. Yeah, that was yeah, hundred percent. It was him versus Sale. Yeah. Uh, he he started well, but he he he's deceptive. He's got a, such a long long windup, but uh, good for them. Um, <clears throat> great transition, Jordy. Hot pitcher of the week since I started with player. Uh, hot pitcher of the week, uh, American League. I'll let you start with it uh, since you're the AL guy. Nice. Yeah. What uh, you got? All right. I want to go bullpen guy because that's who I am. That's my uh, that's my thing, my shtick, if you will. Um, Blake Trinan, uh, Oakland Athletics closer, zero uh, zero runs, three saves this week. This week, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go Trevor Bauer. Uh, only one start in the last seven days, but uh, one one win, seven or ten strikeouts, seven innings, zero earned runs, and a .57 WHIP. Uh, certainly had a great start last time out. Uh, I think he's pitching tonight versus Minnesota, so we'll see how that goes. But sure. um, definitely the last seven days, I mean, the guy who's already leading, leading the whole league in strikeouts uh, or right up there in strikeouts throughout the – sorry, one of the league leaders in strikeouts, um, if not the league leader in strikeouts, only adding to it this week uh, with his start, and that's – after the the bullpen guy, that's definitely uh, 
my American League hot pitcher of the week. Oh, sure. No, great pick there. Uh, I'm going to go with and it's a little tough pitching here in the or pickings here in the AL. But I'm going to go with Carlos Rondon of the Chicago White Sox. Had himself a decent week. 15.1 innings pitched over two starts. 14 Ks, got one win, 2.35 ERA and a .72 whip. Uh, pretty good week for him. Uh, he's probably not on the move or anything like that, but uh, definitely in, in terms of uh, all the other pitchers in the American League, it's been an interesting week in terms of starters. Um, but you want to move over the the NL? I can start with that. Please. I'm going to go with a pair of pitchers. A little cheat here, but I'm going to go with a pair of pitchers of a team we didn't get a chance to talk about a lot in the hot teams, and that's Joe Musgrove and Trevor Williams of the Pittsburgh Pirates, both of whom had themselves good weeks. Really just want to take this this moment. Uh, I'll talk about Musgrove as the the better of the two. 14 innings pitched, a 1.93 ERA, and a .93 whip. But the Pirates are also, just like the Colorado Rockies, clawing their way kind of into the race. Uh, the reason why I say that is that they are two and a half games behind the Braves who are a, I think that math works out to be uh, two and a half games behind the Diamondbacks. So they're uh, four games. It looks like, yeah, four games out from the wild card. So uh, if they continue to have starting pitching that that's doing pretty well, uh, they might be right there. And, and really I think that's what they need. Their offense is pretty good. So Got to give a little credit where it's due in terms of uh, where they're at. So I'm going with two guys from the Pirates. Great, uh, great pick there, Jordy. Great. Uh, yeah, I know um, frequent listener, one-time uh, joiner, uh, slash frequent writer is a big uh, – Jared is a big uh, fan of the Buckos, right? Or the, what, what are they called? Yeah, the Buckos and the Cubs. He is the weird duality there. Yeah. Imagine. Um, so way to pay homage to him. Uh, I'm going to go with Shashin from Milwaukee Brewers, the pitcher. Oh, uh, sure. 12 innings pitched, two wins, 15 Ks, and 1.42 earned runs. Uh, in about two games, he pit, had the benefit of pitching two games, uh, two stars in the last seven days. Obviously pitched well. I was going to go with Newcomb, the Atlanta Braves guy, also mass guy. Uh, taking the no hitter into the ninth and uh, two hours in the ninth, and also pitched twice, two wins, blah blah blah. But you know the tweets and all that uh, had me shook and scared. Um, my bullpen guy Archie Bradley from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think we talk about him every week. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> three more holds this week, so good for him and a win. So uh, I'm gonna take as a as my bullpen guy for as another guy from the Diamondbacks. Yoshihisa Hirano. Nice. Yeah, he also has three holds. He did it in three games play or three games pitched and three point two innings pitched. He's a whip of point two seven and zero run earned runs Look coming across you. the board. Uh, so definitely a great week for him. Look uh, at you. Nice job. Yeah, you know I, I can't let you down, Greg. Nice job. Yeah, it's really the fans. It's really really the fans. Yeah, they're the, it's the bullpen card. So uh, speaking of fans, Greg. I don't know if this counts as a bleacher creature or just baseball people being fucking insane, but did you see the Braves announcer over the weekend 
being upset about Chase Utley and the rest of the Dodgers wearing shorts at batting practice? Uh, I think I heard about it. On, I think it was on the radio today, but yeah. tell, uh, I didn't hear the full story. So give me the recap. Yeah. So basically I think it was on Saturday, the Dodgers who were down in Atlanta where it's a bajillion degrees and super humid wore instead of wearing Dodgers gear, they wore t-shirts and shorts out on the field. And the, the Braves announcer talked about specifically Chase Utley, but how they were all doing this. Now it's a big disgrace to the fans and especially the Dodger fans who travel to Atlanta to come see their team on the road, who aren't going to know who those players are because they're wearing t-shirts that don't say their names on the back. Uh, it's also worth noting that, that Chase Utley was wearing a strikeout cancer shirt. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't really matter, I guess, if if he's supporting a good cause, if you don't know who's supporting a good cause. So uh, good good looking out by the Braves guy. The best part of it, though, if you can find the audio, which I'll try to attach to the blog post on here, so go to thunderblogsports.com, click on the post, and you can see this. He's doing this in the middle of an at-bat, and the batter lays down a bunt. And he goes, great bunt there, then comes back to talk about how disappointed he is and how unprofessional the Dodgers were being. So, I just don't get. I, I, it must be an old white guy, right? This announcer. Yeah, he's a very old white guy. I just don't get. I don't get how he's disrespecting the fans by, or how the players disrespecting the fans by wearing shorts. Like, people wear shorts all the time. You go to a basketball game. Go to go to the beach. Go any. Go to the ballpark. How many fans are wearing shorts themselves? Yeah. I don't. It's not like they're wearing spandex alone. Like this is in the swimming pool. They still yeah. have, they still have multiple layers of clothes on. Yeah. I just am really concerned and confused for this guy. And someone better check uh, the safety of him. You said it was Minnesota Twins. Is that accurate? No, no, no. This is the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves. Sorry. Thank uh, you. The Braves announcer talking about them about the Dodgers at their ballpark. My mistake, my mistake. Yeah, no, that's a, that's absurd. Uh, Almost absurd as the Yankee fans doing a fake candlelight vigil for fucking that dumbass gap tooth piece of shit, Aaron judge. So, uh, sorry. Was that too aggressive? I mean, we know you don't like him, so. You're just re- you're you're doubling down on your dislike of Aaron Judge. So that's all that's all I'm taking it as. I know he's not a piece of shit. I know he's a good guy, and I know he's not dumb. But uh, and, and I think the only factual statement is he, that he does have a gap tooth. But um, you know, you know, especially in this day and age where my old tweets will come back or whatever. So this is me right now saying I know he's not dumb. Blah blah blah. But uh, that was so so ridiculous of the of the Yankee fans and just shows how uh, they are not real fans. In my so opinion. I want to ask you, David Price gets fucking waxed. So I want to ask you, I, ta- I texted this to you last week when the whole Gary Sanchez, no hustle thing came out, who then gets placed right on the DL the next day. A little hmm for you, but I think not, <laughs> but, uh, do you what what is your what's your takeaway on the Yankees right now? Someone who hates them is this does this just make you is this 
make you salivate? Are you really excited that you can just now do old school Tiger Woods and just step down on their throats? Do you think that it's that it's this time of the season, or are you a little cautious? You you were afraid at first that there was the could be the shot in the arm, but now Judge goes down. So how were you feeling as a Red Sox fan with the Yankees' current state? Well, first and foremost, uh, back on the the hustle thing, when Manny Ramirez was here, he very rarely ran hard down to the first baseline for the sole reason that he didn't want to pull a hamstring and and felt that his his bat in the lineup and his home runs were more important than him hustling down the line on a, for, on a first base infield hit. Now, if I didn't complain about it then with him, how can I turn around and, and castrate Gary Sanchez for doing the sure. same thing now? Uh, now, with that said, you know, I think New York and Boston are very similar fan bases and this and that. Now, Red Sox fans, Yankees fans, so quick to turn on their players. One week they love them, one week they hate them. So it, I understand. Get them, Jackie. Ah, uh, you. So I understand uh, the. I understand the. The Yankee outrage. Um, so uh, in that respect, but if this was Aaron Judge, no Yankee fan says a word. You think so? You think I would think so? Aaron Judge, and then how big of a gap? I would say El Gary's number two. The problem is Gary Sanchez had such a bad year this year. That's true, and he's been he has been hurt. That's the other part of it too. Right. And he's had his problems behind the plate. So between including earlier in that game where he where he like jogged to a pass ball and the guy scored from second base. Yeah, exactly. And between the fact that between the fact that he all you know has the issues behind the plate hasn't really gotten better since last year, which means he's not really doing the work to get better at blocking balls. You know, throughout the year and and and. They have a DH now, so they can't just stick him at DH and, and put a good defensive catcher back there. Yeah. So it seems like a pattern with this young guy who they promoted and blah, blah, blah. So it seems as if getting rid of him, as I mentioned, is sort of the thing that is helping them. Or, you know, just sort of a, a shot in the arm to everyone, sort of a wake-up call. And, and, yeah, Judge going down hurts. But I think the thing that's hurting the Yankees the most right now is the fact that they haven't really strung together consistently a, a string of games. They've had a lot of rainouts throughout the whole year, and they've had to make it up through random random games, doubleheaders, all these other things, and days that get off, they don't really get off. So they've had a lot of rainouts, including recently uh, having two in the last three series. So or the last two series having rainouts, and obviously losing two out of three to Tampa didn't help. But, you know, I think the fact that they just haven't been able to get in a rhythm you know, they, they really haven't been able to get into that sort of, this is our team, this is what we're going to be. This is They don't have an identity yet, if you will, right? Um, sure. They thought they are going to rely on the long ball the whole time. They thought they are going to be a home run team. But really, the core of that team are, they're fast. The, the Yankees are underrated how fast they are. And uh, I was at uh, the Red Sox game Friday night with someone uh, who you know, Jordy, personally, and whom we'll call, we'll call this person my roommate. Uh, and my roommate was mentioning how, and this is a question I wanted to pose to you, baseball has really changed to the point that you could argue that it was more fun, even in 04, even in even when the Phillies won in, what, what year was that, 11, 12? No, it was 08, it was 10 years 12, ago. 09, whatever it was. Even when they won that year, you could argue that, 08, yeah, you could argue that baseball was better simply because guys were – Guys are stealing base, but guys are stealing base now. But when someone steals base now, 
there's no throw from the catcher because they're afraid of it going into the outfield, right? And the pitches you so obviously have not watched enough Jorge Alfaro yet. Buckle yourself up. No, but what I'm saying, what what I'm saying is what I'm saying is pitchers are more worried about not giving up a home run, and batters batters could care batters are really going for home runs, right? Nine out of ten players are are you know it's a home run type type league. You know they're not they're not comfortable with getting a single, stealing second, you know somehow getting to third, and then and then doing a little uh, sack fly to get him in. So it's just one of those things where I think. You know, you don't see the the small ball of baseball as much anymore. And this is my roommate's take, and, and my roommate said simply, if it's not a home run, you know, if it's not a home run, it's not a it's not a flashy big hit, then you know, the 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 teams don't do well, if you will. Yeah, there's more well, we've seen that where Players are going for the home run more, and you, right. as a result, you're seeing more strikeouts, which definitely isn't helping either. Right, and I think uh, and I think that's I think that's the state the Yankees are in. Right, you talk about you talk about Stanton who turned around and had 59 home runs last year or 58, whatever, and you talk about Judge who also had a great home run year, and and it's just one of those things where I think the Yankees and Sanchez who is a home run hitter and their little the new guy they have uh, who made the All Star team as a joke uh but you know it's just one of those things where the yankees are a home run team if they're not hitting home runs they're not winning games so i think they need to go back to their small ball they have a lot of speed gregorius gardner everyone on that team is fat even judge has a bunch of stolen bases so personally i think uh you know i just i just feel that they're relying too much on the long ball and i think if they had any other manager besides uh, Brett Bruins' little brother, I think they're doing a lot better than they are. All right. All right. I like the take. I think their pitching staff is weak, but now they're that much better with their two J.A. Happ and, and, and now uh, this huge guy they just added. So I think their, their pitching staff is going to get only better. CC is a Red Sox killer recently, um, which is the only thing that scares me. And, and the, the Red Sox have a big four-game four set coming this weekend with them and i know we went on a yankee ramp but i want i really want you to answer the question about the long ball versus the small ball uh way of baseball no so i mean you're definitely seeing more players go for home runs but it's because of that you're seeing pot flies strikeouts all that stuff um i would say there's a lot of there's analytics thrown into it of probably why you're seeing more and more small ball. Um, like the Phillies, for instance, I know Gabe, the babe, as you like to call Mr. Kapler will have Oduble Herrera or sometimes Carlos Santana throw a bunt down. These are the Phillies three and four hitters. And it's simply to try to get somebody over to third base from if they have first and second, it's worked a couple times. It's failed a couple times. Um, and really, I mean, if it's something where they're trying to to get a lead, it's not sexy, but it's a, it's a way to try to put a run across the board. Um, it's definitely something where they're trying to be smarter about it. And it's the same thing with the shifts, right? And trying to figure out, trying to outsmart a game, how trying to outsmart, you know, some, a sport where one microsecond can make all the difference in terms of timing and all that sort of stuff. Um, so 
I think that's probably the biggest part is analytics. I don't want to poo-poo them too much because there are a lot of good things, and that's why a team can be built like what what Theo did in Boston, what he's done in Chicago, uh, what Billy Bean can do in a place like Oakland. He's done this a number of times. And when was the first? When was when did the movie take place? Two thousand two. So in the last sixteen years, uh, he's been able to to make them playoff competitors a number of different times and still somehow come back and do it even with the quote small market team. So there's going to be some sort of sort of breaking point, some sort of inflection point where we see this pass and I'm sure we'll see more of these bigger hits. We'll see players probably start to figure out how to hit the ball the other way, drive it towards the power alleys. Like we all learned when we were growing up and somewhere along the way, the chicks dig the long ball got people changing up their swing. I think, uh, I forget. I think it might've been a rod talked about it on a ESPN broadcast, but that's probably the biggest thing is the, is analytics and a little bit of that different swing more upwards rather than trying to drive it and instead just try to fly it if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really good point that if you're not getting the long ball and you have, you're not able to string together hits or you're, trying to wear a pitcher down more, run up his pitch count and, and take more pitches or try to draw walks, which has always been something in baseball. There are guys that have been great at doing that, but definitely, uh, you know, it's just a part of the game, but I do think there's an inflection point coming where we're going to start to see more hits and less strikeouts. Cause something's got to give, you can't be a team like the Phillies and have pretty much everybody, but like th- two or three people batting under 250. That's yeah. not going to work. It's not sustainable long term. Right. So pit, hitting coaches have to have to change something up, and whether it's you know in the last two months of the regular season in 2018 or a spring training 2019 uh, talking point, it something's going to change. I'm sure. Which is a great transition, Jordy, into uh, trade deadline. Um, you know, we already seen some teams who are hitter uh, seller or buyers. I should say. Let's just stick with the buyers. Uh, let's stick with the teams who, who you think could benefit most. Um, and we already talked about Bryce Harper to the Phillies, and I really think uh, – I was thinking about this today in preparation for the pod, and I really think it's a move they should do, and maybe it does take the waiver period to happen, but I really think it's something that they, the Phillies should start to work out uh, and do, especially since that was a legitimate option for him to be there next year. Um, my biggest – Guy in the waiting that teams and no one's talking about for some reason is my guy, Hanley Ramirez, sitting there in Miami. You know, maybe he's not playing, but a bat, a proven bat that had won a batting title, won an MVP, had, was crushing the ball this year earlier for the Red Sox. Um, you know, obviously they dropped him simply because of the the money thing, but how are, how is no one talking about him? How is he not a legitimate option for someone to go get him? Uh, and, and why is his name not being mentioned more? I mean, for me, it's a, it's a no brainer bat that someone can go out and get that is an easy sign. Yeah. I don't know. Is there some sort of behind the scenes type of thing that we don't know? Like, was he like some sort of scumbag and that was part of it too? No, Uh, he was, he was a, he was a big, big, good locker room guy. But the problem was if he, so if he reached a certain amount of a bats, then he, all these incentives, all these bonuses, all these different things kicked in in his contract. Uh, 
Okay. So, and I'm sure now it's he's been what well, he got cut what two months ago. So that these things aren't going to kick in if somebody signs him, right? Well, that's why they that's why they cut him. So Cora and and Dombrowski were like they basically said the the exact quote was because of the whole uh, at bat restriction we were going to have to start benching him more and more and he wasn't going to play for multiple games at a time. And Cora basically said he didn't want it to be a distraction to the rest of the team and that they would constantly be asked about it by the media. They would constantly be, it would constantly be brought up. He would have to deal with it every day, day in and day out. And Cora and Dabrowski basically made it seem like it's strictly a money thing because for a while there, the Red Sox didn't want to go over the luxury tax because they want to rebuild their farm system. But Clearly, that's not happening anymore. They are going to go over the luxury tax and lose their, you know, drop the ten draft picks or whatever happens when 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 you go over the luxury. But um, it was it was it was strictly a money thing because he was they was playing every day. He was on his on pace to hit whatever and and reach that reach that batting that at bat number because if if you hit however many if you get however if he got however many at bats then. As I mentioned, all these money incentives and bonuses kicked in, and and what have you. So they figured they put him, they sent him through waivers, see if anyone picked him up. No one did, so he's just cut, you know, and and sitting on a beach in Miami in his house. So uh, chilling, yeah, certainly not a. And he was always a locker room guy in Miami and even Boston. So yeah, oh no, that's an interesting point. I haven't seen a ton. I know it's. I've heard him get mentioned for a couple different things, but we'll see. I mean, I think. I'm just trying to think of teams that need infield talent. Maybe the A's could try to get him and, and add him on. I'm sure they could, they'd love to get more players. Uh, I'm trying to think who else might need a player like that. Um, but other guys to keep an eye out for, uh, we mentioned Adam Jones, who it looks like uh, the Orioles are thinking that it's a 55 to 45. that He does get traded. Um, there's a lot of different people from the Blue Jays. Obviously, Osuna's been dealt today. Uh, it looks like Tyler Clippard's name's in the mix. Curtis Granderson, that was one that's been floating around with the Phillies, which could be another outfield guy that the Phillies try to look at. Uh, Josh Donaldson is one that if a team needs a third baseman, it looks like that could be a, a big name there. Um, the We mentioned the Giants. The Rays, The probably the big one is Chris Archer and seeing if well, they- there are – any teams that can meet the price tag, the Rays are going to probably want to trade for him. Um, the interesting thing is that he's under contract through 2021. So you'd have to try to figure out, can you afford to pay him? Can you afford to trade for him? Uh, so we'll see how that goes. That'll be really interesting. I think he's definitely going to be the, now that Machado has been traded and everything, he's probably the big, the big blockbuster type of draw. Maybe you see him come in as a as a um, Justin Verlander August waiver period type trade. Uh, yeah. But the other guy, we mentioned it briefly, Matt Harvey. That is the Cincinnati Reds' number one priority. And talk about flipping from – I don't watch enough of Fixer Upper or anything like that to give a nice term from it. But Wait, really buying low and selling high on him. They want to trade him? I mean, the Brewers and the Mariners apparently are interested in trying to get him, uh, and he is Harvey's done incredibly well for the oh, Cincinnati yeah. he's, Reds. He's wheeling right now. Yeah, so we'll see. So is that a hitter's ballpark? Is that a pitcher's ballpark? Where Cincinnati? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Phillies didn't hit well this weekend, but um, 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. It looks like they're trying. That's their number one trade deadline priority, and good for them. They have a lot of young bats. They should hold on to them. It looks like that they're in a much better position to rebuild. We already mentioned their offense, but it's it's up there in ter- there in terms of uh run score. They have the second highest behind the Cubs within their division. They are th- they are three runs away from hitting five hundred, which we already talked about before. Uh, so we'll see how they go and uh, where they go from there. Uh, the other one to mention are the Tigers, who I think you're, you're going to see them deal pretty much all of their pit or a number of their pitchers. I mean, all of it, but um, we'll see. We'll see how they go. Guys like Nick Castellanos have been thrown have been thrown around, but it doesn't look like he might get moved, at least from what I'm reading on a couple different areas like ESPN and Yahoo. So I think the biggest problem is like everyone talks about bullpen, but everyone always talks about bullpen guys but in reality jordy it doesn't seem like there's a outside of like five six guys it doesn't seem like there's in closers it doesn't really seem like there's good bullpen guys obviously outside the minutes uh the arizona guys we talk about every week and, and the milwaukee guys we talk about every week but you know there's not really those good setup guys not everyone's sort of average or middle of the pack so i wonder you know in the last couple of years we've seen basically take the starter out early and and go to bullpen right away i wonder if because starting pitching has been so dominant this year if we're this playoff gonna see starting pitchers stay in games even when they're in jams and in trouble like i, I just I, especially for the red sox and and cora i really hope they don't do the whole let's go to our bullpen thing because their bullpen has not been good uh all year no, it'll be interesting to see um i mean there are a number of decent guys that you can try to go out and get Again, though, it's kind—it's of, one of those things of, look, like, kind of how you said they're quote middle of the pack. So, do you want to pay that price to trade for them? Um, I think though, if you, it's probably you know, analytics be damned, but if you have that trust in in one of your guys, you can you might be you know you might throw that trust into them. But we saw last year in the playoffs where Luis Severino gets pulled after what two, not even two outs against yeah. the Minnesota Twins. So I think, I think it was one out, right? I think he, I think he just won out and you faced like six batters, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I, I think we're going to see a lot more trades in August. I feel like tomorrow isn't necessarily going to be a dud, but it's going to be there might be one or two big names that are throw that are thrown around or names really, and then some of the bigger names get figured out in August, just like with Verlander last year. Jordy, Greg, um, what's next? Stadium snacks? Let's, yeah, quickly. All right. So mine, I know you went to Fenway, so, I'll, so I will start and quickly go. The Erie Seawolves have come up, Greg, with a snack called Buddy the Elf Spaghetti. Of course, Ooh. referring to the movie Elf, it's spaghetti with candy on top of it. I love um, it. And I think maple syrup as the sauce. But it is... It, I mean, I don't know if anybody's tried it. It doesn't look that appetizing, but if you're a fan of both pasta and candy, it could be uh, one for you. It could also be a heart attack special. So <laughs> so there there have been internet things uh, ever since Elf came out of people actually making that pasta and saying it was pretty good. So, you know, just because I feel like the maple syrup just just drowns everything out and makes everything taste yeah, good, but that's probably what it is. The the maple syrup probably like makes the pasta taste like a pancake. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's a bold move. It's a way to get people there for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Good for them. That's, yeah. I mean, great find. Did you get to try this, or where is this, you said? It's in the Erie Seawolves, so the other, the opposite corner of Pennsylvania from me. But I, I saw it on the Minor League Baseball uh, Facebook and Twitter pages and, and knew it had to be something referenced. Uh, so I uh, bookmarked that one and, and had it teed up for you. I love it. That's a great pick. Oh yeah. Well, what you went to Fenway? What did you What did you go with when you were at the game? I mean, do you even have to ask? Well, Dell's, little Dell's lemonade. Uh, this time I did not get Dell's, but I did get my classic peanuts, uh, a couple of beers. Um, my roommate who went with me uh, got hot dog. It was uh, sorry, Fenway Frank, which was as you know. Delish. Solid. Solid. Um, boring, boring night, but uh, there is a tasty burger. Yeah, tasty burger in Fenway, which is pretty good. So, mm. Please uh, tell me tasty is spelled T-A-S and then just the letter T, like a hyphen then T. I think it's the normal way. Sorry. Ah, that's not fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it is what it is. But Jordy, I wanted to hop over quick. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had time to talk about it with anyone else. The excitement level that you and I had regarding Tiger Woods. Oh yeah, no, and I haven't gotten. I have not done a pod. I had the last week off. And uh, the yeah, and the fact that you and I essentially jinxed him because you and I were both watching. And then for various reasons, you had your thing, I had my thing. We both had to stop. Almost simultaneously, we stopped watching. And that's really when the wheels fell off for him. No, I saw the the double bogey and the bogey on 11 and 12. Um, well, then maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm I'm the bad luck. Yeah. That's happened before. I know uh, – I forget who it was, but every time this person – when the Phillies were playing the Yankees, when he'd get up to go to the bathroom, the Phillies would let up runs. So we used to make this kid just sit there, and they <laughs> won that one last game they won in the series and then fucked it up in game six and lost. But, no, that's, that's highly possible. You could have fucked it up, Greg. But, yeah, Tiger, though, regardless, he looked fantastic. There were opportunities pretty much on all four days that he could have gotten a couple more, a couple more shots in. And could have kept it in, but you can't discount what Francesco Molinari did. The guys played some unreal golf. He had two wins in basically the span of I think three or four weeks. Um, he came over to the U.S. and played in, I think it was the John Deere, which is played in Illinois. And the guy basically did it to just get FedEx Cup points. He normally a big European tour player came over wins and then, you know, goes out and wins the British open and at a course like Carnoustie, which showed itself as Carnasty really did really did a good job there. Um, So uh, an awesome tournament overall tiger gets to qualify for the Firestone, which is this weekend or the Bridgestone tournament, Bridgestone invitational at Firestone, um, which he's won eight times. So we'll see how he does there. Yeah. Definitely uh, one to watch. And the PGA next week out in St. Louis, uh, the 100th PGA Championship, which I refer to as the NBA Finals of Championships because it's never really about the course. It's about the players, just like how the NBA Finals is 
more about the players and we care about their rings more than we care about team rings. I know that's probably a hot take for you as a Celtics fan, but that's how I've always perceived it. And definitely my uh, least favorite of the majors, just like how the NBA finals are my least favorite finals uh, of the four major sports. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, I mean, we say it all the time and everyone says it's a cliche, right? Golf is way better when Tiger Woods is involved. And no, it is. Stuff. Have you seen the ratings? No. So these were, so the ratings for this, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you there, but these were the, the highest British Open Sunday ratings, I think since Tiger almost won in 2007. Yeah. They're the highest major non-masters major championship ratings since I think like 2013 or 2012. Wow. Yeah. Like the masters is far and away the highest because everybody watches the masters and it's a tradition unlike any other, but that, I mean, this guy that he, nothing moves the needle like tiger woods. A lot of people gave a number of different outlets crap for like only talking or talking about tiger first then Molinari and all the different guys that beat tiger second, but nothing moves the needle needle like tiger woods. He's bringing in the numbers that anything needs, whether it's golf, whether it's baseball, whether it's whatever. Tiger Woods is doing that because the casual golf fan sees a name like Tiger Woods. Like, holy fuck, this guy's back. Oh, uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's just exciting. If you're a golf fan, if you're just a sports fan, seeing a guy 10 years and all the different shit he's gone through, all the back surgeries, everything with with his ex-wife and Lindsey Vaughn and, and all that different stuff. Um you know, to see a guy come back like that is, you know, it's exciting. Agreed. And, and he is, uh, I don't want to say electric, but. No, it is electric. It really is. People tune in to see what he's doing, right? The first thing you check is him. And the first, you know, every, everyone likes Dustin, likes Phil, likes Rory, likes obviously Ricky and Spieth and, Oh, they win. That's nice. Blah, blah, blah. But when the excitement level needs excitement factor surrounding Tiger Woods, everyone can claim other people are their favorites, but no one is talked about more than Tiger Woods across all sports. Um, and I know we don't do free ads, but I am currently in the middle of reading his book and or the book that just came out about him. And I need to start it. I have it and I'm looking it, at it right now. I've heard it's awesome. It's unreal. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. It, I have. It's really good. Recommend it. No free ads. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad you gave me the numbers there for for uh, for the ratings and everything because that you know you are always the one in the know. So I'm glad I'm glad you knew this one too. Um, and you know I'm excited to see where he goes from here. I wish he would start wearing college shirts again. Um, yeah, the new the weird the new shirts are weird, they, and a lot of more players are wearing those. But there's yeah. like a semi collar. It's weird also, but let's get back to baseball wrap things up i got uh i know you have a bleacher creature from the game so i'm gonna let you start with yours from fenway i have a bleacher creature from fenway didn't you say you had i thought you said offline before we started that you had a bleacher creature from the game you went to but if you don't well, i can well, give you mine it wasn't from the game i went to it was my aaron judge it was the aaron judge oh, the, the candlelight vigil the candlelight vigil that they had um you know that whole nonsense so yeah. um yeah, that was my that was my. Yeah. So I kind of had so mine we, uh, we had the the old man yells at cloud slash, fucking crazy baseball people. But I got a little uh, bleacher creature special deal for you, Greg. Ooh. 
Yeah, two two deals coming out of California. I mentioned them, mentioned the two teams before. The San Diego Padres announced this last week. They have for the rest of the season a five win pass. Mm. And I'll expand on what this means, Greg. You pay ninety nine dollars, okay. and using the MLB Ballpark app, you get to go to as many San Diego Padres games that you want until you see the San Diego Padres win five games. Wow. So if they keep losing, you can go to every single home game for the rest of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. Which, I mean, people got worried tanking wasn't going to help the team. $99 just in ticket sales, and then they come and drink beer, get some snacks, and all that good stuff. So Also, if you're, if you're the players on the team, how, how, disrespect, how much disrespect are you feeling right now? Yeah, if you're a player on that team, you're probably feeling pretty shitty. Um, you still have Hosmer, but you just traded away Brad Hand. Uh, it's probably a weird, a weird feeling in the clubhouse. Because, but then you're seeing, you know, you might see more fans come to the game. I, I, I hope they're not rooting for them to lose. But yeah, yikes. Um, yikes is right. That's tough. It's tough. But, but here's an as here's, a fan, as a fan, it's so smart. Oh yeah, as a fan, it's a re- it's a great deal, great deal. But here's a here's one that is different. It's for next year for the Oakland Athletics, mm-hmm. who are in a playoff chase. Mm-hmm. They have the third lowest attendance for the year. Okay. So what the A's are doing next year, instead of having you buy season tickets and you get eighty all eighty one home games, mm-hmm. you get it's called A's access. And what happens is that you get general admission to every single game for a certain number of games, depending on what level you buy, you get a reserved seat. So for every other game, you just basically get a standing room only ticket, but for only getting a certain number of tickets, a certain number of seats, you get additional benefits that they say include half price concessions, 25% off merch. You can upgrade your seats that are you know, that you didn't get a ticket for or you didn't get a seat for you can instead of having the standing room you can pay a little more and get to go sit down but the one of the, the cheapest plan it looks like it's $240 yeah and pricing includes $4 beers, $3 hot dogs and 250 sodas yeah yeah so i mean an interesting way to when, when was the last time you saw a price that low at Citizens Bank Park. For food and beer? I, yeah. I don't think I ever have. Not since I turned 21. Beer's always been more than $10. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen that ever at Fenway before or after 21. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I, I wasn't buying beer at Citizens Bank when I wasn't 21. I uh, might have had a few beverages beforehand. You know, Fenway, if you have an out-of-state license, you can't buy beer if you're under the age of, like, 26. Really? You have an out-of-state license? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, I was about to say I had – I thought you were going to say you just can't buy beer, and I'm like, that's bullshit because I was there two, three months ago and bought beer. But No, if, you're, if you have an out-of-state license, it's like under the age of 26 or 25. And for most of the bars around Fenway, you can't get into them either for the same reason because they assume that most people have – Yeah, it's a fake ID. That's nuts. Yeah, because Massachusetts is so hard to get a fake. They just assume that if you're out-of-state, it's a fake one. Yeah, it's a so. fake ID. Yeah. Not even like if it's a BC or BU kid. That's the point. Is like all yeah, the, I think it, they're trying to keep all the college kids out. 
Interesting. Huh? Well, the more, you know, <laughs> which also quick side note, the Phillies yesterday had, or it was on, yeah, it was yesterday. Oh no, it was Friday. Had some issues getting the, their, the game against the rate, the reds on TV. They had technical issues getting like the video to connect. Yeah. So instead of play, they started to play the audio once the game actually started, but instead of doing the, the, the pregame show, just audio, mm. they just kept playing the more you know ads back to back to back to back to back. They played like 12 of those fucking things. Yeah. I was yelling at my TV and Emily <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world because I was getting so frustrated. That's awesome. But like the Phillies like steered into the skit into the skid. So did uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia and kept like tweeting out hashtag the more you know and all of this like trying to really make, make light of the situation. <laughs> but it was a that's awesome. It was a scene to be had here. I was I like because they kept playing that fucking jingle and oh that's I didn't awesome. want, and they kept playing the same one over and over. I forget what it is now, but like they'd play that like every third one was about like drinking a water after you have a beer and all that shit. But that's like the uh, cars for kid commercial. I turn, I turn off the TV every time, uh, every time it comes on. Yeah, but let's uh, let's wrap things up. Let's look ahead to the next week. Obviously, the Phillies and Red Sox are playing right now. Uh, currently, it is. One nothing in the bottom of the third inning. The Red Sox have a runner on base. Uh, shout out to his Drupal Cabrera, who got his first hit as a Philly and his first run scored. So good job as Drupal. Uh, but let's look at the other games around the league, Greg. Let's uh, you know, let's let's tell the people what to watch out for. What do you got? So this week, during the week, um, you know, a series that I'm looking forward to. Um, a big one, obviously, would be the Nationals and the Mets. Um, big because the Mets will will see if they're sellers tomorrow, and two because the Nationals really need to turn things around and win here for them, um, and turn around and, and make make a change, make some moves, and do something to get themselves back in the right position they need to be in, um, especially coming down the stretch in in, in August. No, I like that a lot. That's a really good pick. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers in L.A. facing the Dodgers. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we could be seeing a potential NLDS preview, um, depending on where the Dodgers finish and where the Brewers finish, obviously. But, um, you know, this is going to be a big series. You got one of your former boys, Greg, Wade Miley, going for the Brewers against uh, Walker Bueller. Looks like that, but then uh, Rich Hill going on the going on the mound against Chase Anderson on uh, Wednesday night, and it's it's definitely going to be a, a fun series to watch. Definitely has a a major impact on the standings and everything there, and and really just a good idea of what we might be seeing uh, going down the line. But um, great so that's a great choice. My second pick for the week was going to be Houston at Seattle, but yeah. I'm using. Houston at the Dodgers for next for this weekend coming up. Obviously, Red Sox Yankees uh, is the actual series you should be looking for. But Houston and Dodgers, which is is what I'm choosing for the weekend, uh, mm-hmm. non biased. No, so I'll I'll take you. Uh, you already mentioned Red Sox Yankees. I was going to take that because I figured you you were going to. So I will then take. Yeah, the... I mean, while you while you look, Red Sox Yankees is is. You know, especially right now, the five games that difference that that 
this series this weekend is going to be huge four game set. Um, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan, you hope they at least split so they can maintain their lead. So the uh, Red Sox have a Wednesday day off. Yeah. Be that. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. That is nuts. The rare, the rare Wednesday, Wednesday day, day off. off. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so I'm going to go with an interesting one. I'm going to go with San Francisco and at Arizona. Nice. Uh, we mentioned San Francisco kind of falling out of it, but really if they can you know, make a little bit of a dent against the Diamondbacks, they could pull themselves back in and, and maybe play a little spoiler to the Diamondbacks going forward. Great pick. But, yeah, I mean, really elsewhere you're seeing some interesting, interesting series, a lot of, uh, you know, put up or shut up type of series like the Phillies playing hosting the Miami Marlins for alumni weekend. I'm going to try to go to at least one of those games flying Hawaiian retirement night, Greg, our boy alumni weekend. Yeah. It's like old timers day for other teams, but Shane Victorino retirement night, our boy, <laughs> he's not your boy. He he helped you win a world series. He did help them win a world series. Two rings. He <laughs> Two rings. The flying Hawaiian. Hey, sign a one-day contract to retire as a Philly on Friday. Yikes. Good for him. Yeah. No, it's it's a career needing to be celebrated. But yeah, then they uh the Phillies will be putting their wall of fame uh class in, I believe it goes in on Saturday. So they're putting in the late great Roy Halliday, and uh I think the other one is um Pat Gillick. I believe is the other, the other inductee um, who was the GM that helped put together the 2008 Phillies team. So it'll be uh, pretty awesome to see maybe a little bit of emotion because the Phillies did something for Roy Halladay at the beginning of the season, but getting a chance to talk about him a little more, they're bringing a lot of those guys back from that played with him and from the 08 team. Um, So it'll be, it'll be a fun weekend. They're giving out Brad Lidge doing the, uh, on his knees celebration bobbleheads on Sunday. So it's going to be a fun weekend for the Phils. I love it. I love it. Have fun. That sounds like a blast. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but, you know, we will obviously keep you all updated on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook. Go follow us under BLG on, on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Insta and Facebook. But, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. As always, this was a ton of fun. Jordy, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I hope uh, the people are enjoying it. I hope we get some positive feedback and get some uh, fan questions, appreciation, because quite frankly, you know, Jordy, if we're not doing it for the fans, who are we doing it for? Got to do it for the fans. Always for the fans. But Or even the haters. Oh, and the haters. Got to always uh, prove the haters wrong. <laughs> But that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you go jam on that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. For my man, Greg Piatelli, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, signing off for the bullpen cart. Have a good week, everybody. Go Phils. Go Sox.